0: Small is Beautiful by B.F. Schumacher is one of my favorite books. I read it over 45 years ago. Strange how some books stay with us. Just the title was enough for me. It summed up his main point. We don't have to have the biggest house, farm, car, or anything else. They may not be the most desirable. In many instances, small is much better. If not beautiful. This is Retirement Talk. I'm Del Lowry. Jar lids seem to be among the first toy of choice for most young kids. Parents and grandparents have all seen gifts opened at Christmas or birthdays, and large expensive toys left in the middle of the room, as a jar lid or simple ring occupies their child's interest. Smallness and simplicity. This natural preference seems to get lost in life. My mother last visited us while we lived in Alaska, came when she was 66 years old. I remember her enthusiasm for sitting in the winter, early morning darkness and watching the world slowly fill with light. She was always talking about something new she saw in the sky or in the woods at first light. You would have thought she had just discovered gold. She spent hours in our kitchen washing dishes and massaging the kitchen into gleaming sparkles. She loved the small things, the simple things. Schumacher was an economist. He talked about the benefits of thinking small in terms of production and distribution of goods and services. Perhaps I'm thinking about this because of our economic problems. We have all sorts of PhDs making all sorts of decisions in this great land of wealth, power, and knowledge. Yet we seem to have an economy that's always struggling. The middle class rises no more. The distribution of wealth is way out of balance. Where have we gone wrong? Everyone has a rationale for our predicament. It's the banks, the politicians, the corporations, the lawyers, the Supreme Court, or the Chinese, Or even the weather. Take your pick. Small gardens spring up in what used to be front yards. Cars get smaller, and smaller houses are becoming fashionable. We have chickens in the backyard. We seem to be downsizing in many areas. We also have interest on loans and savings accounts getting smaller and smaller. I'm not sure that's a good thing or a bad thing. I guess it depends on whether you are a borrower or a lender. In Small is Beautiful, Schumacher gives an example of what India did concerning full employment. I am not consulting any books on this one, so my memory may be a bit hazy. Millions of people were out of work in India. He used road building as an example of what made the best economic sense in relationship to creating jobs. Big equipment could be purchased and brought into the country and make quick work of it. Or they could use picks and shovels and employ tens of thousands of workers. They went with the shovels. It was very successful. People worked, earned money, bought clothing, food, and other things. Business was stimulated. The pattern was followed in much of the country, and the economy thrived. We once saw condominiums being built in Mexico the same way. Big machines never visited the site. Men swarmed over the place, chipping rock by hand, mixing and carrying concrete, cutting and carrying steel. The building kept growing, and it was all done through employing lots of people. We were amazed. This idea may be of some value. Smaller banks, smaller manufacturers, smaller corporations— Let's face it, we've gone crazy with bigness when it comes to these things. Perhaps we should look in another direction. Government's also gotten bigger. Don't get me wrong, I believe the government is created to help citizens do what they cannot do for themselves, like build roads, provide police and fire protection, ensure health care and education, and provide for the national defense, etc. I'm not a big government is bad kind of guy. One thing individuals can't do is out-compete corporations. We die. Corporations get absorbed one into another. They never die. They become everlasting, sort of like gods. They get bigger and bigger. Leave the market alone is their mantra. They want no rules or regulations, not by government nor by citizens. We all know that kids get greedy. Left to their own volition, they will not consider others. We have to teach them to take no more than their share. Parents have to establish limits and enforce rules of conduct. One child cannot be given freedom to abuse others. It seems the same is true with corporations. Government regulations are painted as enemies of the people, yet corporations are the ones that have been deregulated. They grow with very small limits placed upon them. They continually amass fortune and power. Corporate money pays for advertising, manipulates the press, pays for political campaigns, and in a large way make the laws. One of our latest examples was the bank bailout. The stated reason? They're too big to fail. People that orchestrated this massive theft were not prosecuted. If rioters throw a brick through a window, they go to jail. Corporations that steal billions are not prosecuted, and their leaders received bonuses by the millions. And then there was the recent decision by the Supreme Court in the Citizen United case, which opened the door for corporations to spend unlimited sums of money in political campaigns. I keep thinking of jar lids and morning sunrises, small cars, and small houses, small banks, and small corporations. Perhaps Schumacher's book, Small is Beautiful, needs to be reread. This is Retirement Talk. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, contact Dell at retirementtalk.org.